When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Record Celtic podcast. I'm Liam Bryce and today I'm joined by Craig Swan all the way from Sweden ahead of Celtic's Europa League playoff. How are we today, Swan? Are you all right? I'm good, Liam. Thank you. How's yourself? I'm good? Not too bad, not too bad. Um, obviously, you're out there in Sweden. What can you tell us from the, the Celtic camp ahead of, ahead of the game on Thursday? Well, obviously... Um... Celtic will, will, will get to the stadium uh, Wednesday night, probably about half six. Um, manager Neil Lennon will, will, will do his, his media stuff before then. Um, the Swedes, have, they've been speaking today, um, this morning. Uh, they're looking forward to the game. I think there's, like a, there's actually, you can feel a little bit of excitement around the city for this game. I think um, AIK, although the first leg didn't go particularly well for them, obviously they lost the game. Um you know, they haven't qualified for the group stages of Europe for like seven years. And I think mm-hmm. they think they've got a chance. Um, yeah. And obviously, you know, they've got a deficit to overcome, but I don't think they've given up. You know, I don't think they've given up. I think they feel as though they'll be a, they will be a different proposition themselves on their own turf than what they were in Glasgow last week when, let's be honest, they didn't show a great deal. Certainly mm-hmm. not in, a, <clears throat> in an attacking sense. They were, they were, they were pretty limited, but um, they've got their... Their star strikers back from suspension. Uh, he seems to be fit after a wee injury scare at the weekend. Uh, Tarek El Yunusi. So I think that's helped boost their spirits as well. But yeah, Celtic, Celtic will come here full of confidence. It was a great result. The clean sheet at home was massive, and I think most people, um, most neutral observers, and, and certainly the people travelling over from Celtic will will believe that one goal over here will probably be enough. Mm-hmm. Have you had a chance to, to check out the, the stadium yet? The Friends Arena, I believe it's called, of 51,000. And the Swedes have been saying that they're, you know, they're actually gunning for their, their European record attendance. So as you say, it's, it, is, it is still a big... Um, they're by no, by no means giving up on it, as you were saying. Have you had a chance to, to check out the stadium yet? I have. I went up this morning. Um, and it is, it's... Uh... It's a terrific stadium. It's really, really good. We're, we're, we're fortunate actually that um, when we went up, the the sort of media guys and and the guys who were working at the clubs, I let let a few of us out to, to have a look and on the pitch through the tunnel area and and coming out. And it's quite um, it's quite it, it looks like it the type of place would be really noisy, really imposing. Um, it's quite steep when you're on the pitch. The stands go up quite steep. Um, that the, there's a retractable roof, so it's it, it's. Although it won't be closed, it's one of those, it feels quite tight. I think it'll be quite atmospheric. Um, and obviously, if AIK get their tails up, um, it could be it could be quite it could be quite an atmosphere. It could be quite a good night. Um, according to the guys at the club, I think they'd sold 23,000 tickets prior to the first leg. Mm-hmm. And obviously, with the result not going just the way they'd hoped, they haven't had quite as big an uptake um, as they would have hoped for in the last six, seven days since the tie at Celtic Park. So 
I, they seem to be talking about the the low thirties, mm-hmm. maybe thirty one, thirty two was was what they were expecting. But yeah. whether they get whether they get a little surge on the day of the game, I don't know. But they were talking sort of between thirty and thirty five. That's what they were expecting, and just the way the stadium's laid out and the way it looks, that'll be that that it may it may well feel like a lot more put it mm-hmm. that way if right. uh, if AK get going. But obviously the flip side can be if, if Celtic can turn it around and. and get a goal quickly, it could silence the place. So, no, it's, it, it looks like a cracking place anyway. Yeah, as far as the game itself goes, I mean, how how do you see Celtic approaching this? Because obviously they're in that position where there's no need to go gung-ho, but at the same time they don't want to be inviting an early early onslaught in front of the home crowd. How do you, how do you see them approaching it? Yeah, I think just cautious positivity, I would have thought. I mean, it's, it's fair. I mean, if... if as we all know, Celtic play what ninety nine percent of games, probably hundred percent of games on the front foot. It must be quite difficult to send them out or, or, or ask the players to kind of play in a defensive way. I would expect Celtic just to play the way they always do. Um, as you quite rightly say, there's maybe no need for two full backs to go bucking here and up the pitch at the same time. Or you know, Scott Brown may just hold his position like he always does. One of the full backs may hold at a time. You know, as you say, there's no need to be gung ho. But I don't think Celtic can. I don't think it's in their makeup really that you know to set up a team to be defensive. If you like, I think that I think they'll go be positive. Obviously, the thing that Neil Lennon knows is if, if Celtic score the first goal in the game, the tie's over. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, they'll, they'll utterly deflate AK, who have to bank on the fact that they that they keep Celtic out. I mean, I'm, as much as they're positive and they've got a bit of belief and they're hopeful that they can do something, I'm sure even they, although Cluj might have scored four goals, but that was almost a freak night. Um, the way that game panned out, I don't think Celtic could defend as catastrophically as that again. Um, to get four, I think, would maybe be beyond the AK. So, if Celtic get one, if you're Neil, I mean, Neil Lennon said after the first leg, I, I don't really care if, if it comes in the 90th minute, the away goal, I'm not bothered. But the prospect of getting it first and just taking the sting out of the tyres, I'm quite sure that's what Celtic will be looking to do. Yeah. Try and finish it pretty quickly. Because uh, it would, I mean, as you say, it would kill the, it would kill the tie, uh, stone. Yeah, it would kill the atmosphere, but yeah, it would also rip the hearts well, of the AK right. players as well. I think, you uh-huh. know, I think if they lost the first goal, quite, you know, if they if they lose the first goal, they almost their own confidence would just sap. You would probably see it visibly that they would just the shoulders would shrug, you know. Mm-hmm. And in terms of you know the, the, the squad selection, were you saying Celtic? Will they be travelling over Wednesday, Wednesday night? Yep, Wednesday afternoon. Um, they think the flight's due to land about six, half past six here, mm-hmm. um, and then they'll, they'll go straight to their base. Um, the players, a couple, of, one of the players in the Lennon will probably head for the stadium. I'm not sure at this stage if the whole squad's coming, but that hasn't happened in the previous ties. Yeah, um, didn't happen in Clues. The majority, the manager's got to come to do his, uh, his media. media duties. Yeah. It's a it's a UEFA stipulation, and and one of the players as well has to be represented. Um, has to represent the squad, I should say. So, a couple of them have to have to be there, but the rest of them don't. So, um, this was something that Brendan Rodgers brought in during his time. Um, it was always the way that clubs would travel over and train the night before. But Brendan Rodgers kind of canned that idea and decided it was better to do a proper session. At, provided the journey wasn't too far, he preferred to do a proper training session at Lennox Town and then fly in the afternoon, yeah, um, and then just go straight to evening meal and, and rest. And uh, that's what Neil Lennon's kept that going. So. That's the plan again, I think. Yeah, and what is the kind of the routine on the the match day? Have you got any kind of insight into that? You know, what do they what do the players get up to during the day before they head to the stadium? 
Uh, well, I don't expect to see them kicking about the shopping malls. <laughs> uh, I mean, it, a lot of it depends on, on where they are, um, you know, where the hotel exactly, what, it, what it's got adjacent to it. I mean, there's been in St. Petersburg last year, for example, the players will tend to go out for a walk, do breakfast, and then go out and have a walk in the morning of the game, have a wander around, um, you know, as a group. Whether they would do anything training-wise, I'm not sure. Um, that may just change on a game-to-game basis. I'm not sure. Lunch and then rest in the afternoon before the tie. Maybe try and get a couple of hours sleep in the afternoon before getting to the stadium for what's a 7 o'clock kick-off here. So, yeah, but I imagine it'd be fairly relaxed. And at, this, at this time of the season, although you're still building fitness up, the games are so thick and fast that it's, it's, it's sort of rest-recuperation game, rest-recuperation game. So, mm-hmm. um I'd, I'd imagine it'll be fairly relaxed until kick-off time. Yeah, do you envisage kind of too many changes from the the team that played last week? I mean, obviously there is the kind of there is a small matter of a game on Sunday as well coming up. Uh, do you expect that to come into Lennon's thinking at all? I know he probably wouldn't, you know, admit that no. publicly. But you know, no. if there was anything, would you think it's just all focus on on this? No, but I think it's all focus on this game. It's such a, I mean, whether you know. Neil doesn't make any secret of the fact and, and Celtic don't make any secret of the fact they wanted Champions League but the prospect of no European group stage football at all until Christmas is not one that would be welcomed at all around, around the corridors of Celtic Park when they thought the squad really want it the manager wants it the Europa League's a good tournament it's not the Champions League but it's still a good tournament and last season for example there was the, the group stages were, were good for Celtic they, um, they had a couple of cracking results, it gave them confidence momentum, the night they beat Leipzig at Celtic Park was a really, really big result um, and they were able to, to build off it and, and uh, it was good for them and I think as, as Johan Mialbi said in, in the paper last week, in the Daily Record last week, he said Celtic have to Celtic have to be seen to be in Europe mm-hmm. the name has to be in Europe really um, so all focus on this, I know that the at the end of the day, the Rangers game on Sunday is absolutely massive for Celtic, but there's 34 league games after that. There's yeah. no second chance on Thursday night. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't imagine a single shred of thought has go- will go into Ibrox plant at this tie until this tie is done and dusted. Celtic really need to get this done. Well, there you have it. That's Craig Swan out in Sweden. Uh, Tony, thanks very much for joining us. Um, and I hope you enjoy the game on Thursday night. No more, Liam. Thanks very much. Do thanks, mate. All the best. Cheers. See you, bye. Bye. Well, that was Swanee over in Sweden, and now I'm joined here by Michael Gannon back in Glasgow. And while we were on the phone to Swanee there, Michael, there's been a bit of development at Celtic Park. Uh, loan signing for the Stoke City. Uh, right back, Moritz Bauer, joined for the rest of the season with an option to buy at the at the end of the window. So there's that bit of depth at, at right back that Neil Lennon has been looking for. Yeah, um, live from Sweden now to, now to Shelton. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, uh, Bauer from uh, Stoke City, right back. Um, it looks like a guy who come in as cover. I think it's a loan deal with a view to um, by the end of the season. Um, we don't know an awful. I mean, I've got to be honest, don't know an awful lot about him. I think he played a, few, a number of games for Stoke when in the Premier League a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. uh, eighteen months ago, when they got relegated. Um, I think he stayed on, got a new contract that summer. Um, started the season in the, in the team. Uh, under Gary Rowett I think it was mm-hmm. and then when he got, he got his books I think the new manager came in and I think he lost his place and they struggled to get back in again since uh, hasn't played uh, much for them since but he's an Austrian international I think he's got decent pedigree played with Ruben Kazan in Russia Grasshoppers in, in, in Switzerland um, so I'd imagine I think he's a 26, 27 yeah 27 um, 
So it, it looks like a guy that they'll, they'll bring in is kind of cover at this point in time, potentially pushing for that, that, that right-back role. Uh, it's an area I needed addressed, so they've addressed it now um, because they were, they were short. And obviously Christopher Hyers played at right-back a lot this season when um, uh, Elhamid as well is coming in, but he's had a few injury problems. Uh, so it needed, needed someone to come in there and bolster that area. So I'm not surprised they have gone and done that now. Yeah, I mean, Bauer, I mean, I've been... Uh, <laughs> been at the record nearly two years now and every transfer window since I've no word of lie Bauer has come up as yeah. a potential target from Celtic so is this one that maybe goes a wee bit back obviously to when Brendan Rodgers was I mean there was no I can't remember there ever been any confirmed interest before but yeah. certainly he was you know he was always a name that was he's always a he's always a guy that was uh, it's been on the files at, at Parkhead and I've kept an eye on him um, maybe not the chance to, to kind of get him and previously now it's come up they managed to get him um, albeit on a loan deal mm-hmm. uh, but listen time is ticking the transfer window shutting on, on Monday so I think Celtic are now in a position they need to kind of get what they can done what they can, they can do I mean they haven't done an awful lot of business I think people have said that two or three signs coming in we've been waiting for that for a while now um, I think only Fraser Forster arrived in the last kind of four weeks yeah it was Alhamid um, before that and that so, was back in yeah. July so it's been a quiet three or four weeks for Celtic and, that, and the kind of outfield player front so, it's, so this is now the business starting to pick up again they've got this guy in um, it looks a solid enough acquisition. I think it seems to be it seems to be okay. Um, yeah, international experience as well. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I think he'd be probably keen to restart his career. I think he's starting to stall a bit at Stoke. Um, listen, it's maybe not maybe not the sexiest of names for for punters, but he's a right back. I mean, there's not many sexy right backs <laughs> in the world. Um, it's a guy who came in and, and, and do a job, and, and, and you don't know it could be a, a good could be a good signing. Uh, a loan deal, risk very little risk attached at this point in time. If he does well, they can obviously buy him in the summer. Um, so it's a kind of a kind of win-win situation, really. It gives him cover, and a guy who's hungry and wanting to kind of kickstart his career again. Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, Lennon was saying, you know, he's looking for you know up to maybe three signings. That's obviously you know one clicked off the, the list there. Um, you think still think perhaps looking at another left back. There's you know the yeah. Greg Taylor situation is ongoing. You've got Melling from Rosenborg. Yeah, You'd expect some sort of movement on that, wouldn't we? Yeah, left back area still needs to be to be um, addressed as well. And it will be. I'm, I'm convinced they will. They'll bring in a, right, a left back um, between now and Monday. Um, who it is depends on where they are. Um, as the window starts to close, um, so that that is an area they will they will bring in a left back. And then the question is the one other. I think potentially maybe attacking midfield player. Maybe another depending on. You know, uh, it's not a bit quiet on Olivia and Cham, but there's maybe maybe scope for a, another a kind of um, defensive midfield player, maybe. Um, so I, I do think, and also I, th- I still think the striker. I still think they need another striker as well. Although Vacuum Bayou coming in last weekend and not getting two goals, <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately for him. Uh, commiserations to yeah, think, thinking he's on a hat trick, going uh, to none. Um, but at least that's a positive step for him because he was exactly, in danger of being yeah. completely forgotten about. Uh-huh. Um, but maybe still, I think another striker might be worth looking at. But I think that may be an extra one if they get a chance. But definitely uh, a midfield player and a, and a left back. I think we'll be expecting to see both um, by Monday night. Mm-hmm. Probably late. No, no one says like that. It could be a late night. And just as well, we touched on it on the the website today. You know, Neil Lennon he has been incessantly asked about transfers, and because it's you know it's what the fans are. You know, they're always demanding the very latest, um, but we kind of compiled a lot of, you know, what is what has been said about incomings, and there's been a, a maybe a, sort of, a bit of building frustration among the support because there was kind of indications that signings 
would be done. You know, there was kind of talk of getting guys in before this this uh, game. It's the, it's the kind of manana, manana. Yeah, so yeah. it's like, what, what do you, you kind of make it as, of that as a whole? You know, from Lennon, is there a? Listen, I think as every manager, it's, it's out of his hands at certain points. They, they identify players through the whole club, the scouting departments, and the manager and all that stuff. Guys, they fancy, and the club's got to go and do the business. And it's not always that straightforward because. There's other clubs involved, there's players involved, there's competitions around now as well. There's guys playing in competitions, they might be keeping their options open. So it's difficult. So it's all right saying, yeah, I want to have two players in by next week. The mechanics of it don't work that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's out of the manager's hands. And sometimes managers say these things, a wee bit of pressure getting leaned on yeah. um, to those above to get the, to get the deals done. But even then, that doesn't. it's not always easy. Um, the players change their mind, clubs bump up the terms. It's, it's, it's Negotiations are, are tricky at times. My, my my contention is I think I still think Celtic should have done all this long long time ago I think but I can understand why it hasn't I mean the changing manager and the scouting department um, with the head of recruitment leaving or effectively working his notice for a couple of months didn't do the club any favours mm-hmm. so they were behind the eight ball a wee bit going into the, into the summer whereas in an ideal world this is done a year in advance it's for the January and going into the summer so that the players are lined up to come in ones that are attainable the groundwork's been done, negotiations are, are started, and the boxes get ticked, contracts signed, away they go. It's not been that way this, this summer for Celtic. It's been a wee bit on the hoof, uh, for reasons that we all know, we understand why it's been on the hoof, but it's it's, it's certainly um, not helped Celtic's cause, particularly the Champions League, because that's now, now too, too late for that now, because mm. it's gone. Yeah. Um, but it's lessons, I think it ha- listen, it's been said for a few years in a row now, lessons need to be learned. Mm-hmm. Celtic, they need to have some sort of proactive um strategy going into this this part of the this, the summer um yeah. it's been slightly lacking for a few years yeah is this then what nicky Hammond has been brought in to do yeah he's been he's been instructed to look over oversee the whole the whole setup and, and put forward these recommendations to, to peter lawwell about the the structure of the club in the future mm-hmm. um i don't think he's reported back yet so he's he's, he's, so he's helping out in terms of the current recruitment and but his, his general job is to look at the overview and say right here's what's needing to be done Mm-hmm. to get this back on track because I think it has been uh, gone a bit awry in, uh, in recent years yeah. um, so it needs to be needs to be sorted out because it just, just there does just seem to be this you know um, kind of consistent you know struggle to get these deals over the line and can you understand you know the fan frustration but going back to what we were talking about earlier when there was the, you know the kind of quotes <coughs> coming out of you know we're hoping for one or two next week and then nothing arrives can you understand why that oh totally yeah because Sometimes they don't actually need that many signings, but fans always love to see new signings. It gets, that's what gets them excited during transfer. That's why you see Sky Sports with the blowing big deadline day bonanza are, uh, are used to before they kind of bump their own transfer window earlier. Um, so they do excited by new new signings, um, and it's not quite it's not quite happening. They don't have the big kind of marquee kind of signing coming in this summer, which they always look for. But it hasn't been a marquee signing for a while. Mm-hmm. I mean, last summer Odson Edward was a marquee signing, but you're in the, in the building. Yeah, uh, for a season on loan, um, so they haven't really had that kind of. There's no, there's no crowds in the car park type signings. Yeah, but where are these guys? I mean, well, you're going to get these guys anymore. No, it's the market's though, the market's it? ridiculous. We we're uh-huh. talking about twenty million quid for all of them at Burnley. <laughs> uh, if Celtic went and signed all at Burnley for two million quid the week before he went to to Sheffield United, the punters wouldn't have been happy. Probably they'd probably moan about it. Yeah, yeah, he goes for twenty million to Sheffield United, so it shows you the market. Yeah, they need to be creative and they need to get into, into nooks and crannies in Europe and find these guys, which is what's maybe been missing for the last mm-hmm. wee while. Yeah, I mean, and the, the marquee signing is, as you said, and you coming back to that, like 
I suppose the last one you could even say was Musonda was the closest thing you could have yeah. got to, and that was alone. And then look how that, yeah, you know, kind of worked out as well. Um, but so just to come back to it, you are expecting more activity before the transfer. Aye, I think there'll be, I think there'll be two, I think there'll be two at least, perhaps three. I still think there'll be two or three. Uh, two, I would imagine I would be stunned if there wasn't two new spaces left back and a midfield player by by Monday night, mm-hmm. and potentially a third one. Yeah, and there, there is the you know, it's not really, it's not the Champions League as we keep saying, but if they get the job done in Sweden on Thursday, um, there is the added incentive of anybody who's coming in that there will be European football on offer, at least until Christmas. Yeah. yeah I know it's not the Champions League, but it's, I, you know. I, I, listen, I don't, footballers, see if there's a, a European League bonus in their wage package each month. Exactly. I don't think they're, I don't think they're all that concerned, to, no. be, to be honest with you. Um, I mean, Champions League maybe is a big selling point, um, maybe, but again, uh, purely because of the platform that it, it, it provides. But uh, no, it's let's it's, be, be brutally honest about it. It's, <laughs> it's, you're not you're not saying the guy listening take you to, to Club X for twenty grand a week, but I can take you to to, to Celtic for fifteen, but you get Europa League football. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Thanks, but I'll go go back to you. Uh, Far flung corners of Europe on a right. Thursday night. Newsflash: People players don't <laughs> care about that stuff. Aye. Aye, so maybe that is a wee bit uh, overstated. But what can not really be overstated is, you know, it's still a huge game for Celtic uh, on Thursday night. You know, spoke to Swanee on the phone earlier, just kind of talking about how you know they might approach it, and the you know we were thinking that it's it is one of those ones where you know, two 0 lead is a comfortable one, but it's also that kind of in between. You know, bit of, of a risk if oh, you were to go too gung ho. Why are we going right away? But, the ties yeah. over, but at the an early goal against you, the ties back on. Especially, you know, yeah. he was saying as well that you know that there does seem to be a lot. Of, there's a there's a buzz over there about this game that they that they seem to, and you know why not? I suppose it is only two 0 that that they're still very much in this tie. Early goal, they're yeah. really pushing for a big crowd, I believe. Um. So it is, it is. It's a it's a difficult one to approach, isn't it? Aye, it's I mean it's a it's a pretty intimidating atmosphere out there. It's my forty odd thousand um, um, Swedes, um, and we saw the away sport last week. They were, they were fairly mental, noisy. Well, it's a bit dangerous coming out there after the game last week. You what's <laughs> about you? Um, so that it's going to be intimidating. And listen, I've watched Celtic in, away from home a lot of times in Europe of late and in, in recent years, and seen that if you get at Celtic, they, they can get a bit of joy. So they they won't fancy it. Likewise, I think Celtic that first if it's Celtic score, it's tie over. <coughs> Excuse me. So that is that kind of balance, but it would it would be good for Celtic to just to, to see a game out. I mean, I think it, it would be nice to see Celtic just bore the pants off the Swedes mm-hmm. and play a sensible, professional, dullest ditch <laughs> performance and see it a tie uh-huh. away from home. I think. This hear them, scare them, flying by the seat of the pants stuff, it's right. exciting to watch, but it's not the way to do it. Um, I think Celtic could do with an absolute snooze fest in Sweden. I feel like the fans would be grateful for that. Honestly, well. I think that's what they need. They need to, to show they can do that, uh-huh. because I'm not sure that, that, that they've showed that in, in recent seasons in mm-hmm. Europe. That they, they can. They've done it. I think they've done it in Rosenberg. Um, <coughs> excuse me. They've done it in Rosenberg, I think, once when they went out there and, and, and saw the game out in comfortable fashion. They got a nicked away goal. They've done it twice in Rosenberg, actually. Um, so they, they have went to Scandinavia and done it um, but there's been too many games when it's been hell for leather anything can happen jobs 
Uh, and it certainly can't allow that game to get out of control, like the Colouge game mm-hmm. at Parkhead the week. The, when the game is completely out of control. Yeah. Celtic need to control the game, they need to, to, to dominate the, the, the ball and dictate the, the way the game is played mm-hmm. uh, and see it out. That's the big test for Celtic. Yeah. Game is, management. Is that exactly the game management, which, as you say, went totally out the window against Cluj? Now, is that something that, you know, perhaps plays on the minds of players? If, if you know, the Swedes were to, you know, grab an early goal, is that, you know, would it be a case of, you know, we've been here before kind of thing I know maybe Cluj are maybe a better side but there's still that danger have it, have it had it happened already this season yeah uh, it's, it's been seen too many times but they, they, have, they have done it before but you need, they need the big players the Scott Browns Callum McGregor's these guys to, to really put a foot in the ball and just like I say control the game keep the head and even losing a goal I mean uh, too many times in, in, in the travels with Celtic they lose a goal and there's another one quickly Losing goals in bunches and bunches, all that stuff, yeah. They, yeah. Um, which is which is which is fatal. So they need to even if they do concede, they're still one goal away from from finishing the tie. Mm-hmm. So going one one behind isn't isn't a crisis. It's not a disaster, is it? But no? you can sometimes see Celtic. It could turn into a crisis, whereas it isn't because a away goal still nothing really changes in that respect. So they have got a huge advantage, but they need to ha- keep the head, keep the heed, the <laughs> <laughs> um, collective heed. Uh, uh, keep the heed. Um, <coughs> but I think they can. I think I think I'm optimistic that they'll they'll, they'll see it out, but I, I don't think they'll see it out the way I'm saying. I think <laughs> it could be like one way or another, though. You're saying, yeah, uh-huh. yeah, um, and obviously after that, it's straight on to pretty much to Ibrooks and Sunday. Um, you know, it's a huge, huge game, even at this stage of the season. Even though we've got what there would be 34 games still to go. Yeah. Um, but just you know, taking this one in isolation, you know, Celtic have lost on the last. Two visits to to Ibrox. I know that the one at the end of last season, the you know the league title was already in the bag. But yeah. what what do you think needs to to change to stop that becoming three on the bounce at Ibrox? I think you can ignore the last one. I genuinely think you could disregard the last game because that was a game of, of needs and wants. Mm-hmm. Rangers needed to win it. Celtic wanted to win it, and that's the difference. That, that in those kind of games, it tends to be the side that needs it. Rather than wants it or the ones that, that they go and do it in that circumstances because Celtic had the season it's naturally going to be a step off after the yeah. one league so I don't I don't think you need too much into that one um, but I think Rangers are favourites I think you've got to put, I think you've got to make Rangers favourites at home with the, the crowd now the, the, this staff decision to cut the allowances for away support has kind of wrecked things a wee bit because I think it showed it last season that it's heavily weighted in the home side of um, favour now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I think I mean the bookies have got Rangers as favourites for the first time, probably since what 2011 or something, 2012 yeah. maybe. Aye, probably it's got to you've be. Got to it? be you've got to be um, pre meltdown. I think um, uh-huh. is is the last time they were favourites. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that's probably probably about right. I mean, Rangers started the season pretty pretty well. Don't think they will finished article. I think this is the uh, I think the press is on them. As well, um, but Celtic need to go. Like I say, I actually think like, but similar to what I'm saying about about Sweden, Celtic can go to Ibrox and 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 bore the pants off. People can get get a draw. I don't think it's a bad result at that no, stage. It isn't at um, I think Celtic fans have got a, a real taste for the, the last few years of going to Ibrox and wiping the floor with Rangers and and uh, going to Hamden and wiping the floor with them. And I think that the four nils and five nils and five ones, I think that was a, they got quite addictive. 
<laughs> those days are done <laughs> now. As they would. Though. Of course they would, yeah, but I think I think those days are, are now yeah. done. I think Rangers have sufficiently Certainly improved so. to avoid. I mean, last season they avoided the, those kind of... I, mean, I actually thought the, thought the first Old Firm game was pretty dominant. I thought Celtic were, could have been 3-4 that day. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other three were, were competitive, and this will be competitive. Um, I think you're in this kind of area that it could be an Old Firm game that, that something silly could happen. It could be a silly result somewhere on the line. I mean, I'd, I keep I say it a few times that there's there's been um, poorer Celtic teams are beating better Rangers teams at Ibrox. Poorer Rangers teams are beating better Celtic teams at Parkhead, and vice versa. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't think it's the be all and end all that people are making out of this. The first Old Firm game of the season. It's this is the marker for the campaign. Mm-hmm. This will show you where, where the title's going to go. I don't know if that's going to be the yeah. case. I mean, I remember Celtic going to Ibrox under Tommy Burns, maybe first yeah. year winning two 0 at Ibrox. Um, McStay and Collins scoring, I think that was it, um, and then and getting well beaten in the league. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't, and, I, and, and I've been countless times. People always say, "Last the six-two game, Celtic winning six-two, set a marker for the season." I know Chris Sutton always says that that was the one that set a tone for the season. Then back out and get beat five-one the next time. <laughs> I was going to say that. I mean, yeah. didn't, didn't say that big a marker. Uh-huh. We were hardly scared the last time. Yeah. They played. Um, albeit Celtic romped it that season eventually. Yeah. Um, so I don't, I don't think it's the be-all and end-all. I don't think no. it, will put, it will put, as it always does, our managers on the losing side will be under the cosh for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, these things that can, it seems with Celtic and Rangers is that this can change week to week. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? If whoever wins the derby then goes out and says drops points the following week and then it's vice versa it's you know Listen, it's almost what, it's no, I don't keep talking about the, the doomsday scenario for, for Neil Lennon Get, put it out of Europe and then beat the old firm game and all the, the nice about it and all that stuff because I think there's a kind of element of Celtic fans didn't want in the first place yeah. I didn't want them to turn and they're waiting for their chance to, to, to put the boot in that's the kind of overview that I don't think I don't think that's shared by everyone no. by any stretch of imagination but let's flip it what if Rangers get put out of Europe uh, on Thursday night and lose the old firm game at Ibrox it's going to be some heavy pee on, on Stephen Gerrard mm-hmm. That's, just the, that's the nature of the beast in Glasgow yeah. that's the way it goes um, so are you talking not even a bad week a bad three days <laughs> could, could, could sink you uh-huh, a bad um, 90 minutes yeah if Celtic, if Celtic beat Cluj the other week Celtic managed to hold out against Cluj wouldn't be, nobody would be talking, talking about anything about transfers or, anything or, mm-hmm. or, or, um, or scouting departments or all that stuff or money or anything like that um, <coughs> that one game is, is, is obviously uh-huh. created a problem Um but so it's it's a lot there's a lot at stake in terms of of the kind of wider picture and the kind of momentum. But I don't think it's going to settle anything. I don't think this is going to be a, a, a no. crucial deciding game. Yeah, and just taking the game itself and kind of getting rid of the wider you know picture for a, a wee while. I think there's is there going to be like an element of I mean certainly from the game back at Ibrox last December it was and still as you say a lesser much lesser extent. The, the next one at Ibrox, it's uh, Rangers have kind of got at over Celtic in the middle of the park, um, and there's been kind of talk, you know, recently about Scott Brown. You know, Chris Sutton had in his column in the paper that he's is he going to need to be managed. So uh, with that, and you know, you, you can't imagine Scott Brown not playing in the, no. the old Firm game. No. Uh, but you, at the same time, he's the kind of guy you you want for the European games where, as you said earlier on, game management is key. Yeah. But is there going to be an element of not only managing the game but managing Scott Brown over these two? Oh, he's, listen, he's 34 years old. I think yeah. he does need a certain amount of management. Yeah, that's, I think he'll admit himself that, that this might be the time now to start managing him. Um, so yeah, I understand that. But can, can Scott Brown play two games in three days this level this early in the season? Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. Not a problem. Um, 
I wouldn't, I wouldn't think it's an issue. I, I understand what Chris was saying about, about, about Scott. And it's inevitable that will be the case. But I don't think we're there yet. I don't think that's no. the case. I think in um, these games, it's, it's got to be the first name in the team sheet for these two games, especially Ibrox. Yeah. Um, I don't think I don't think he. I mean, uh, he's always one gets criticised as well, and things don't go quite right. I the problem is Ibrox at the Christmas game. I think was quite evident. I think Cal McGregor left back. Uh-huh. Sounds familiar that one. Um, yeah. I mean, James Tavernier had a field day, uh, and I think. Mikey Johnston was a bit lost Mikey up, front. up front. It, it was harsh on him. It was very harsh no, on him. Wasn't uh-huh. fair on him. But that was wasn't really fair on him. Yeah, exactly. I think um, Cham had a bit of a stinker as well, Cham didn't he? Yeah. yeah, a poor game. So, so, so Brownie needs work cut out. Um, trying to put out the fires that uh, Cham mm-hmm. wasn't wasn't doing, and also try to cover that left side. Yeah, because I think that that's the, a problem area. Uh-huh. Um, <coughs> I still think that's going to be a problem area on Sunday. I think that's going to be a key battle and potentially. Dangerous for Celtic, mm-hmm. I think. Tavernier against um, Bolongoli, to me, is is as a red flag area for Celtic. Now, Bolongoli, I think, has improved. Um, he's still finding his feet defensively. Still, I'm not sure. I think going forward looks all right. Um, but if you're James Tavernier, I think I'm going to get yeah. tore in here. That like, but then the flip side is that if he goes all charging up that right hand flank, it does leave a bit of space behind. So. And that's going to be interesting because I think, I mean, I'm listening, guys, we, if you have Eli Spite and badges and all that stuff, but if you're thinking if you're playing, playing Edward up front, you can peel off to that left. If there's going to be a, a quick ball out, he's terrific at picking that up and that side of things as well. Mm-hmm. So that could be, that's going to be, that whole area I think is the area to watch because the Tavernier is going to be getting stuck in up front. He, he does leave he does leave the back door open. Yeah. He's done it in countless old firm games. I think if you're watching the last three years old firm games, the amount of times James Tavern has been done in behind because um, he's so attacking. Mm-hmm. Um, but so he can cause damage at one end, but he can also inflict it at the other. So uh, I think that's going to be a must-watch area on the pitch. Middle of the park is going to be a war as usual, yeah. but I think that's the area that's going to be really key. That's all from us this week. Thanks to Swanee and then Michael for joining me. If you want to continue the debate, you can find us on Twitter at record under slash sport. And we're also on Facebook as well. And we'll be back next week to talk all things Celtic. So don't forget to subscribe on Acast and iTunes to get the pod as soon as it's available. And you can also rate us on there as well. Thanks for listening.